Penn State is expected to move one step closer to making improvements to the Lash football building. And does anyone else get some deja vu with Carson Wentz? I'll explain what I mean in today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome into today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions for Friday, December, no, February 19th, 2021. Yeah, I mean, time's just flying by. Does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? Shout out to all you guys who understood that Chicago reference. But yes, I am Kevin McGuire, host here of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy to be with you here as always as we close out another week of February. Uh, harsh winter conditions continue to sweep the nation and I know I was dealing with some snow and some icy conditions on Thursday. Hopefully you guys were able to get through everything that you were dealing with and hopefully you're ready to close out the week. Maybe catch up on the latest episode of WandaVision later today. I know I'm hooked on that show. Maybe you are too. But we have some fun topics of conversation for you today. But before we get into all that, I want to make sure you guys are aware that you can subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcasting app you may be listening to right now, whether it's on radio.com or Spotify, if you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, whatever you're using to listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you leave a rating and a review. really helps us out as we continue to grow the show in 2021. We also want to make sure you are staying connected with us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch, all using the username LockedOnNittany. Now, I have stepped back a little bit from the Twitch streaming as we were putting together the podcast. I'm going through some computer issues right now, some computer upgrades, I should say. So things are on hold a little bit as far as the live streaming is concerned, but I'm going to be getting back to that very soon. I always enjoy putting together the podcast on a live stream. So if you want to catch us on Twitch, make sure you follow that channel at LockedOnNittany. So we do have some fun things to get into in today's episode. Now, today's going to be a pretty noteworthy day, I think, for Penn State's football program because it is fully expected that the Penn State Board of Trustees will vote to approve the plan for renovating or improving the Lash football building. This was officially endorsed or approved by the Board of Trustees Finance Committee on Thursday for the expansion plan for the Lash football building with a budget of $48.3 million. That is going to the full board of uh, trustees today. I don't know exactly what time that is. I'm sure somebody does, but expect that that is going to be approved. There has only been one dissenting voice, I believe, in the voting process to move forward with this in the past. I don't anticipate that there's going to be any real hang up. This is, it all seems kind of like a formality at this point. That's the way these things typically go. If they've gotten this far and they've got the approval from the finance committee, I see no reason to suggest that even in this pandemic state, that Penn State's Board of Trustees is going to vote down the step to move forward with the Lash football building uh, enhancements. And the reason why you might be wondering why there might be an issue is because, like you said before, we are in a pandemic and that has caused a lot of colleges and universities around the country to reassess exactly what they're spending their money on. And Penn State, among other colleges, uh, just within the Big Ten, they have taken some cutbacks. They have uh, adjusted their schedules or their budgets as needed at times. And that is probably going to continue for another year, at least, uh, throughout the country. Now, Penn State is fortunate that they aren't in as quite of a dire situation as a number of schools are. They don't quite have the same kind of financial burden or financial crunch 
that a lot of programs uh, around the country have to deal with. And that's because they have a lot of revenue that they can rely on. Even when that revenue chunk is sliced down, given the state of the pandemic, you know, the revenue share is probably not going to be quite what they are accustomed to. You lost the, the NCAA basketball tournament money last year. Uh, those things will all take an impact, but you can move forward with improvements uh, for your football building and your football facility because there is money there to be used specifically for this purpose. Now, I mentioned it's a 48.3 million project or a budget just for the football uh, uh, the football building, which is going to include improvements to the weight room, the strength and training and conditioning. Uh, you're going to get a renovated lobby. Uh, and of course, you're going to have some uh, improvements to the electrical system, the mechanicals the mechanical system inside the building. So a lot of stuff might, you might actually not see, but they're going to be happening. And the reason that's important is because of the importance that the football program does bring to the entire university. There's no question that we're talking about one of the major sources of income for Penn State. So if you can invest a little bit in that product, uh, obviously the returns will continue to, to reap the rewards later on down the line. So I'm not saying that Penn State is placing football ahead of other priorities. This is just one of the things that they have ongoing. It's part of a, an elaborate project to completely enhance uh, many areas of the athletic facilities. So the football building, of course, is going to be the marquee one because it is so um, so notable for the, the program that it houses. It's the largest uh, athletic program, and it needs a, needs a little bit of extra pizzazz, I think. And that's the thing. you know. I don't know if Penn State's necessarily getting caught up in the arms race when it comes to football training facilities, but you see the impact that a good training facility has in recruiting. You know, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, they're renovating these things on a, almost on an annual basis. And, you know, Penn State not necessarily going annually upgrading everything, but I do think that it is important to keep up appearances. I think when you get a chance to bring in recruits, maybe at some point down the line, because obviously the recruiting dead period has been extended to the end of May. But first impression can carry a lot. And having the facilities to allow your football program to continue to grow and improve itself from within uh, certainly makes sense. So obviously, if you want to have a top-tier football product, you have to have a top-tier football facility. There's a reason that Ohio State and Clemson and Alabama have been at the top of their game, and the football facility is just one of them. Get the football facility, you keep the recruits coming in, you keep developing those recruits, and you're going to be in good hands. So yes, fully expect today that Penn State will make that uh, budget approval um, uh, finalized, and I think the Board of Trustees uh, not going to stand in the way of this one. Again, this feels like just a formality at this point, so fully expect that to go down today. One other quick note I want to throw in there, former Penn Stater Jordan Hill is now getting involved in his coaching career. He has reportedly been named the new head coach of Trinity High School in Camp Hill. So obviously he's getting back closer to home here in the state of Pennsylvania. And now he's going to be a high school football coach. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that uh, moves forward with his career. Could he potentially be a Penn State assistant down the line? I don't know. But certainly if he has any recruits that might be thinking about going to Penn State, he's going to have a pretty good connection to uh, establishing that pipeline. Uh, so just something to keep an eye on. Congratulations to him on a new head coaching position. We will certainly be keeping an eye to see what Trinity High School does beginning next football season. 
And also around the Big Ten, Michigan quarterback Joe Milton has officially entered the transfer portal. So just keeping an eye on that. He was supposedly going to be the next Cam Newton and one of the best quarterback recruits brought in by Jim Harbaugh. And now he's in the transfer portal. So Again, Michigan football seems like it's a, a fun story to follow on a daily basis. I'll be very curious to see where Joe Milton goes from here. I still think there's some good potential there, uh, given all the hype that he had coming out of high school. I don't think that uh, the Michigan program was the best fit for him, apparently, or it certainly didn't prove to be the best fit for him. So we'll be very curious to see where he goes. No, I don't think he's coming to Penn State. I think Penn State uh, has had their quarterback fill for right now, but Hey, who knows? We do know that Will Levis left, and uh, there could potentially be a spot open, but no, he's not going to be coming to Penn State. It'll, uh, I think Joe Milton's probably going to go to a place where he's going to be able to start pretty much right away. Again, we'll have to see how the eligibility all plays out, but there you go. Michigan quarterback Joe Milton in the transfer portal. Interesting times up in Ann Arbor. If you're looking to place a couple sports bets online this weekend, look no farther than betonline.ag. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the sports action going down this weekend, including college basketball, NBA, NHL. Heck, you can even bet on TV shows and reality TV shows, award shows. It's that time of the year when the award shows are going to start making the round, so just something to keep an eye on. BetOnline.ag, they've got real-time updated odds and props for just about anything you can imagine. Nothing just really off limits here. So BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and is totally free to sign up. And you want to sign up now before you go into the weekend. Make sure you sign up for your free account. Go into their website or on your mobile device, BetOnline.ag. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON. You use that promo code of Locked On, they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. And unlike other sports gambling websites out there, there is no cap on what that deposit bonus can be. So some sites will limit you to a $100 bonus, not at betonline.ag. You put in $100, they're going to give you $50. You put in $200, they're going to give you $100, but you have to use the promo code Locked On. So head to the website or use your mobile device, sign up today, get that 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code locked on with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. There is no better way to start your day than by getting all the sports info you need with Locked On Today. So get more of the sports news you need in less time with a brand new Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. Brings you the biggest stories and analysis from all of our local experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so one of the stories I imagine they're going to be talking about on Locked On Today is the big trade in the NFL that went down or was agreed to have gone down in the NFL on Thursday, which is the Philadelphia Eagles sending former number two overall pick Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts, where he'll be reunited with his former offense coordinator uh, with Philadelphia, which would be head coach Frank Reich. And, of course, the, the Eagles, in return, will be getting some draft picks. Not quite up to par with what the Eagles, I think, initially wanted in their return. And you may be asking yourself, Kevin, why are we talking about the Philadelphia Eagles on a Penn State website? Well, the reason I do that is because I was actually going through a little bit of a conversation kind of examining how the, the breakdown and reactions and the, the stories were being told with regard to Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. And if you weren't paying attention to the Eagles last year, they were flat out awful. They had a terrible offensive line. Carson Wentz was sacked about 50,000 times. Might be a slight exaggeration. I think it was more like 50. But I do think that there were some parallels to what I was seeing once before with Penn State and Christian Hackenberg. And one of the things that was coming up in the conversations I was having 
with regard to the Eagles and Wentz was that I still think that there's some good uh, quarterback play in Carson Wentz. I think he just needs a better offensive line. I think he needs better weapons around him. And I think that seems like something I was saying very often, not all that long ago, about Christian Hackenberg and Penn State. And I think it's very interesting because, you know, Christian Hackenberg was sacked about 10 times by Temple, maybe 11 times. I forget what the official number was uh, in that one game. But he was sacked an awful lot late in his career at Penn State. He got beat up pretty good. And obviously, I think the the story of Christian Hackenberg is always one that I always like to come back to because he was one of the big recruits that was landed by Bill O'Brien and certainly a, a time of uniqueness for Penn State on the recruiting trail. We all know the story by now. Uh, Bill O'Brien didn't have a whole lot to work with as far as what he was able to do recruiting because of the recruiting sanctions, very limited number of scholarships available. So he always made an effort to sign some of the top skill position players, brought in Adam Brenneman, a tight end, uh, certainly signed Christian Hackenberg, a quarterback. And those were great pickups on the recruiting trail for Bill O'Brien. And I think the fact that Bill O'Brien had worked in the NFL, had worked with Tom Brady, had been an offensive coordinator with the New England Patriots. You saw the quarterback development and the quarterback work that he had established himself at that point in time made him a very good coach for a quarterback like Christian Hackenberg. Now, James Franklin came over and took over for Bill O'Brien once Bill O'Brien left for the NFL, and he inherited Christian Hackenberg. And I've said this before, and I'll say this again. James Franklin has been a fantastic coach for Penn State. You know, I obviously know that there are some shortcomings with his profile and his career up to this point. However, overall, James Franklin has been a very good coach for Penn State. Christian Hackenberg was not necessarily the right kind of quarterback for what James Franklin and his staff were trying to do offensively. And it didn't help that Christian Hackenberg was working behind an offensive line that wasn't exactly up to par, certainly with where they are now, because of the recruiting sanctions. Bill O'Brien wasn't able to really recruit depth on the offensive line. He had to cut some corners, and it was very difficult to recruit at Penn State at the time anyway. So offensive line was certainly a detriment for Penn State, as we saw with the Philadelphia Eagles. It doesn't matter how good of a quarterback you potentially have. And I do think that Carson Wentz can be potentially very good in the NFL. And I think Christian Hackenberg was on track to be very good at the college level. And I still think he would have turned out to be a better NFL pro prospect if he had been able to play his whole college career with Bill O'Brien. I've talked about this on a podcast once before. So if we want to dig through the archives, I'm sure we can dig that up for you. But I've always said that Christian Hackenberg not getting a chance to play his full college career under Bill O'Brien and be molded by Bill O'Brien and prepared by Bill O'Brien for the next level I think always kind of uh, steered that trajectory off course. And now we see what Christian Hackenberg is today. I'm not saying Christian Hackenberg would have been the next Tom Brady or anything if he stayed with Bill O'Brien for four years, maybe five years, whatever it was. I just feel as though he would be in a much better position today than he currently is. And that's not a knock on James Franklin. It is a little bit because that it might be something that you can take a look at. But we saw uh, what James Franklin was able to do with the kind of quarterback that he wanted in Trace McSorley. Led to a Big Ten championship, a spot in the Rose Bowl, a Fiesta Bowl victory. Trace McSorley is in the NFL right now. So I, I do think that there is something to be said that it just wasn't working out for Christian Hackenberg and James Franklin. And it, like I said on Twitter when I was having this conversation, it doesn't matter how good of a quarterback you have. It doesn't matter how good of a running back you have. It doesn't matter how good your wide receivers and your tight ends are. If you do not have an offensive line, 
it doesn't matter because the offensive line will crumble. You don't have any time to develop a play, execute a play, and no matter of skill is going to overcome that on a consistent basis. You may get away with it, a play here and a play there, but overall, there's just no way for a great quarterback to have a great career if there is no offensive line protection in front of them. It's the best way to knock greatness from a quarterback down to good, down to mediocre, and so on and so forth. So I feel like I'm seeing a lot of the same things with Carson Wentz that we saw with Christian Hackenberg at Penn State. And that's not to say that things can't get better. I always feel like they can. It's just a matter of putting yourself in the best possible position. Is Carson Wentz going into a better position? He may be. Uh, he's certainly going to a better team, I think, right now with the Indianapolis Colts than the mess of the organization that the Eagles are. And meanwhile, Christian Hackenberg, a former Eagle, by the way, <laughs> a lot of people kind of forget that. Uh, but, you know, it, I just feel as though this is a situation where I feel like I've been down this path before. Uh, so I'm obviously wishing the best of luck for Carson Wentz in his next endeavor with the Colts. And I just feel like I'm having a little bit of a case of a deja vu being an Eagles fan and somebody who has followed Penn State for as long as I have. Uh, I certainly feel like I've been down this path once before. I sort of know how it ends, but we'll just have to wait and see exactly how this all plays out. Coming up in our next segment, I'm actually going to play an interview I did as a guest on the Locked on Vols podcast where we were talking about Tennessee's newest addition to their coaching staff, which was Tim Banks, the former Penn State assistant who is now the defensive coordinator for the Tennessee Volunteers. So coming up after this, I'll play you the interview I had on their podcast as a guest in our third and final segment to close out today's show. I know I've told you guys about Built Bars before, but you got to check them out today because they are having a flash sale on Friday while supplies last for the brand new Coconut Puff Bar. It's luscious chocolate, soft marshmallow made with premium collagen protein blend. It's just 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 6 grams of sugar. It's gluten-free, preservative-free, and it is available for a limited time only. In fact, it is a one-day sale on BuiltBar.com. you got to order now. And while you're there, go check out all the other flavors that they have. They've got orange. They've got mint chocolate brownie. They've got peanut butter. There is no shortage of options to keep you satisfied. If you're looking for the perfect protein bar, one that tastes just like a chocolate bar you get off the candy rack as an impulse buy at the grocery store or the gas station, it doesn't matter what your case is. A protein bar that can help you feel good and help you feel satisfied when you're just trying to get through your work day, your lunch break, your gym workout, whatever the case may be, Built Bar is there for you. Check them out, BuiltBar.com, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On, especially now that they've got that limited time only one day sale on the flash sale for Coconut Puff Bar. Use that promo code Locked On, save yourself 20%. And while supplies last, they'll even throw in a free cooler with your purchase. So make sure to check out the most delicious protein bar you have ever had at BuiltBar.com. Bidding on the NBA or the NHL or just college basketball in general doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Win yourself a few bucks along the way. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Now, earlier this week, I was a guest on the Locked On Vols podcast. You may have seen me retweet it if you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. I wanted to make sure you guys were aware that I was a guest on the Locked On Vols podcast because, of course, they just hired a new defensive coordinator who happens to be from Penn State staff. So I got a chance to talk with Tim Banks with the Locked On Vols host, Eric Kane. Here's how that interview went. 
All right, pleased to uh, welcome Kevin McGuire onto Locked On Vols. He is the host of Locked On Nittany Lions, also the co-host of Locked On College Football. And uh, Kevin's going to be here to tell us a little bit about Tennessee's new defensive coordinator, Tim Banks. Kevin, thanks for uh, joining us today, man. Yeah, it is my pleasure to be on here uh, spreading the good news. I think you guys got a good one. I, I really do. And I, I'm sure, you know, obviously whole new coaching staff, I'm sure, going on in Tennessee right now. So there's lots of uh, questions about what's going on here. But I do think you got a good defensive coordinator coming your way. Yeah, so tell us a little bit a uh, little bit about Tim Banks. I know he's been at Penn State for the last uh, about five seasons now as the co-defensive coordinator coaching the, uh, the, the safeties back there in the secondary. What do Tennessee fans need to know about uh, Coach Banks? And you have a really good recruiter. Um, yeah, I know he had the title of co-defensive coordinator. I think that was more of a, a promotion and title more so than anything else because Brent Pry was really the, the, the defensive coordinator for Penn State for a long time. That still remains the case, but obviously uh, he has had a little bit of a hand in how this defense has been run. And I think if there's one thing that you can say about Penn State over the course of James Franklin's tenure is that the defense has been generally pretty good. Uh, and they have had some good playmakers at a couple of different positions. And he has been one of the key reasons why, uh, not just the, working with the safeties, but also recruiting some of the top players that are coming into the, that Penn State program. So I think that that is certainly something that I think Tennessee fans should be pretty excited about. He is a really strong recruiter, uh, not just at Penn State, but really one of the strongest recruiters that the Big Ten has had outside of Ohio State, because Ohio State's yeah. on their own little plateau. But you know, he has really had a really key hand in helping to build the roster that Penn State has had. And Penn State, aside from last season, has had some really good, successful seasons the last few years. And he has been a pretty instrumental reason why. And, you know, he and James Franklin go back a ways. And you know, it's it's always kind of interesting to see some of the guys that have been around James Franklin for a while finally get an opportunity to uh, take on a, a little bit more of a meaningful role. That's certainly what he's walking into at Tennessee. As far as recruiting, uh, Tennessee fans love following recruiting. You know, checking checking those uh, checking those message boards and seeing you know where all these guys are going to go. So, uh, knowing that he's a good recruiter, that's going to be big. Um, where exactly does he recruit in terms of a region of the United States? He has had a good hand, uh, certainly in the traditional recruiting grounds for Penn State, and that's typically Big Ten uh, states yeah. uh, like Illinois and obviously Pennsylvania and Maryland have been pretty big for uh, Penn State. So I would imagine that you're going to be looking at a guy that is certainly going to establish himself well within whatever Tennessee's main footprints are outside of Tennessee. I'm not sure what the key recruiting states are for Tennessee outside of the state, but I, I think he's going to be a very uh, quick to adjust himself uh, accordingly. And you know, obviously, if you can take advantage of getting some of those uh, talented recruits from outside the region, maybe uh, maybe more from the north that he's a little bit more familiar with, uh, certainly that is always going to be a plus because it never hurts to expand the recruiting reach, I think, for any program. Uh, so I do think that you know he, he'll play close to home because I do think that that's probably going to be uh, one of the building blocks for success for what Tennessee's trying to do, I would imagine. Uh, so I think he's going to be pretty well situated no matter what the call is. Kevin McGuire joining us here on Locked On Vols. He's the host of Locked On Nittany Lions. And uh, as far as Tim Banks, the coach, uh, what can you tell us about that? I know he's you know 49 years old. He's made uh, a couple, couple different stops, and uh, he has called his own plays. It's been a while, but he did call his own plays at Central, at Central Michigan. But uh, everything I've heard, everything I've read, very respected around the coaching community in terms of coaching and developing uh, guys in the secondary. What can you what can you speak on that? 
Yeah, well, I think uh, his experience in the secondary is certainly going to be a key factor that he's going to rely on. But I'm, I'm very curious to see what he's going to do calling his own plays once again at you know at another level. Uh, you know, certainly things ramp up when you get into the Big Ten and the SEC, and now he's going to get a chance to call more of the defensive plays. So I, I'm very curious about what his strategy is going to be. But I do think that you know I think he's had a helping hand in what Penn State has done, and that is nothing too fancy, nothing too aggressive. You're kind of being careful of when you're being aggressive. Uh, I think if you have uh, playmakers up front on your defensive line, if it's anything like what Penn State has done, I, I think he'll rely on those guys making pressure uh, up front to really kind of create some havoc and then see what the linebackers can do. And again, you know, his experience in the secondary will certainly come into play here. Uh, I know Tennessee's got a strong history with secondary <laughs> players. So I, I think that that'll be something that he really relishes. And I think, you know, getting back to some of those roots will certainly help. Is there a chance that anybody uh, could leave Penn State staff and follow Tim Banks to Tennessee? Wouldn't surprise me, and it certainly would not be the first time. That has been one of the recurring themes, I think, of the last couple of uh, coaching carousels. Uh, certainly at Penn State, there have been a lot of coaches that have gone on to get some uh, bigger opportunities, like a head coaching job or a coordinator job, and they have been known to take some uh, assistants that are also going to get a chance to move up. So I'm not really sure what that situation is going to be right now, uh, but it would not surprise me if he ends up taking one of his guys off of Penn State staff uh, and helping them you know, continue moving forward with Tennessee. All right, last one I got for you here. Um, this might sound like a weird question, but at least down here on Tennessee, you know, some of these fans, they get to know these assistant coaches, and when one leaves, it's the end of the world. And uh, just the passion, you, you got to love it. And so has there been any reaction from the, the Penn State fan base about losing Tim Banks to Tennessee? And if so, has it been good, bad, or just kind of indifferent? I don't know if I would say it's been good or bad. I think a lot of people were kind of uh, happy for him to get this opportunity to be the defensive coordinator. Cause I think, like I said earlier, you know, Brent Pry has been the defensive coordinator for Penn state. He has had to co-defensive coordinators, but now getting a chance to see uh, one of their own go on and see what he can do with a new staff, a new program, uh, you know, embrace, embrace a new opportunity to be the guy. I, I don't think there's really anyone who's uh, I'm, not upset. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but you know, happy for him to get that opportunity and seeing yeah. what he can do. Uh, because you know, I've said all along, you know, certainly on Locked On the Lions, that James Franklin has put together some really good quality staffs over the years, and you see the success where some of these coaches are going off and getting these opportunities. Uh, so yeah, I think it's 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 a good thing to see some of these coaches get those opportunities, and I don't think that there's anyone that's really standing in the way of that. Yeah, certainly this will be the the, the best job he's had so far. Um, you know, being able to call his own defense in the SEC. And as I mentioned earlier, I think the only uh, qualm for Tennessee fans right now is uh, he hasn't done it or he hadn't called his plays in quite some time. I mean, not, not necessarily a major hangup, but if there is a concern, it would be that. Not that you would probably have the answer to this, but just getting your opinion, uh, him calling plays, Tim Banks, do you, would you expect uh, to be aggressive from the back end up in terms of you know playing a lot of cover one, cover zeros, and, and maybe blitzing with the front seven because he is a secondary guy? Or when you think of a, a defense that's going to be called by Coach Banks, kind of what comes to mind for you just kind of spitballing? Well, I'm looking at what's going on around the SEC, and certainly over the last few years, we've seen a lot of explosion in the passing game. So I do think that the secondary has got to be a focus here uh, for Tennessee because with some of the quarterbacks and some of the wide receivers that are around this conference, uh, you need the guys that are going to be ready to uh, slow down those passing games because oh, yeah. it's been running wild, uh, You know, certain, not just in the SEC, but that, that's just the way that this sport has been evolving. So I, I do think that that's going to be one of your focus. Now, if you have guys up front that you can rely on to bring a lot of pressure 
nature and, you know, be careful with when you're going to blitz or whatever. I, I don't, I don't think he'll shy away from that, but I do think, you know, with where this game is right now and given his uh, background, I think defensive secondary is certainly going to be his strength. I don't know if everybody is on board right now with what Tennessee has roster wise. I'm not familiar with it, but I do think that if you give him some time, that is certainly going to be a real good strength for Tennessee very soon. Kevin McGuire, he's the host of Locked On Nittany Lines. Go ahead and uh, check that podcast out uh, when you're not when you're away from Locked On Balls, of course, and the co-host of Locked On College Football. Kevin, thanks so much for uh, taking the time. Enjoyed the uh, conversation. I hope to talk to you again soon. My thanks to Eric Kane for having me on a guest on over on Locked On Vols earlier this week to talk a little bit about Tim Banks. And that's one of the great things about the Locked On Podcast Network because we can hop on each other's shows anytime that there's a relative news story that can uh, kind of intersect different fan bases. And I think Eric's doing a great job with the Locked On Vols podcast. So check out the Locked On Vols podcast. Check out all the other podcasts we have covering some major college football programs, college basketball programs, lots of stuff around the Big Ten, including Locked On Big Ten. And of course, as you heard Eric say, you can check out Locked On College Football every day. Daily college football content delivered straight to your podcasting app. And of course, we want to make sure you never miss a single episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. So make sure you are subscribed in whatever podcasting app you may be listening to us today on. And don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Let us know what you think about today's show. You can also stay connected on all the social media platforms on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch using the same username of Locked On Nittany. And I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out my AthlonSports.com contributions. Got some Penn State stuff up there as well. And, of course, you can check me out on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. We close out another week in style, hopefully. And I wish you guys all a good warm weekend, hopefully. Hopefully things are going to thaw out a little bit soon. Whatever the case may be, stay safe, stay warm, and I'll talk to you guys all again next week. 